Hello to our listeners and welcome to TNT ESQ. Along with my co-host Teresa Quinlan, I'm Rhys Thomas. We make up TNT. For those of you who don't know, TNT is our initials. Simple, right? Uh, we're here to explode the status quo. This series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently so we can start doing differently. Our guest today is Brian Buck, who joins us from Tacoma, Washington in the United States. Brian is a keynote speaker and a coach who blends personal development, productivity, and masterful communication skills to help great leaders perform at elite levels. His two decades of improvement experience across multiple industries has touched hundreds of people in a positive way. If you are looking for more freedom, passion and connection and really who isn't looking for more of all of those things <laughs> he's the guy who would love and i believe love is the right word he would love to help you and for today brian is going to help us to explode the status quo welcome to tnt esq brian thank you i'm so excited to be here it's been such a friend and fan of your guys's for a long time so it's cool to be here doing this with you yeah, welcome, Brian. It's always good to have a friend and fellow Humans First uh, member to uh, share the platform with. So excited to see what, what unfolds. Yeah. It's the fellow smiling I like the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the, exactly. all the teeth on screen is just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we like to kick off our discussion hearing about the individual story, their obsession, what's gotten them either on the soapbox or what's on their heart currently. So... Tell us about how your passion began for you. Yeah, um, a little, I'm gonna start with the, I was always a passion, um, but then I wanna really kick into maybe the, the rebirth or the laser focus of the passion, if that helps. So I've been working in the lean world for a dozen years. And I really love working in that. But what I found, especially very early on, is understanding when people are reporting on it. There was a lot of academics that would talk about what lean is versus really going back to the source of what were the original lean pioneers thinking, you know, Teichi Ono, Mizaki Yamai, Shingo. And I really started to study them and even going all the way back to Edward Deming uh, and understand how the work that he did is what inspired Toyota to become what they have. And, and what I started to find is Toyota is farther along in improvement and innovation than the lean community has been. And I got a chance to go to Japan and go to a Toyota plant and uh, study and see some of those things. And so it really resonated with me, not only uh, from, a, uh, from a technical perspective, but I really love the people aspect. And I've been, a, um, I've been someone in the personal development since my 20s. And once I really saw how the personal development also worked with system creation, everything just made 
sense to me. And so in fast forwarding to 2018, I am in Seattle, near Seattle, and I have been a lifelong Pearl Jam fan. And I've never got a chance to see them live because it's crazy to get tickets in Seattle where they're from. Like they sell out within seconds. So mm-hmm. I finally got to see them. And when I went and saw them, the second song they sang was released. And I just chose to release myself to the experience. And by the time they sang alive at the end of the show, I've never felt more alive in my entire life. And in that moment, even though I've done this all in different pieces, it all came together to me to 100% live a life of freedom, passion, and connection. And I call it the rock concert lifestyle. Because when you're in a rock concert, nobody is self-conscious. The audience is giving, the stage, the you know, Pearl Jam is giving. You love the music. You love listening. You even I've never met you, but these people sitting next to me, we're bonding and loving each other too. You know, and recognizing in our life where we can actually do that. And I made a point to always do this in my life everywhere I went, which has been a game changer. It's like cranking it up to 100, not even cranking it up to 11, but to 100. At that time, I was responsible for 200 people in the corporate world, and my heart said, I want to have an impact greater than that many people. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, is when I started to go, oh, all right, well, how can I now position myself to be able to better support people in this freedom, passion, connection, but I could totally use these Toyota principles not only to help them in their personal lives, but I can also help businesses and leaders. Uh, There's a lot of people who are great leaders, but are they performing at elite levels? So not everyone's going to choose to do that, but I love helping those who want to take things to the next level because they are the ones who are going to be leading these great leaders eventually. So that's a little bit of my background and my passion that brought me to where I am today. Amazing. So... We talked a little bit beforehand when we started recording. You talked to us about the book that has really inspired everything that you're doing right now. And I'm interested to know, obviously that book was written a while ago. Are they still ahead of the curve? Is there a new model? Is there something else? I'm sensing you you keep pretty, you keeping your thumb on the pulse of, of what's going on in this world. Is there something new that you found or have you adapted it yourself to, to a new, new, new level? Um, I think... You know, there's been some folks who have used um, Kaizen for personal development. There's a guy named, I think it's Robert Maurer, uh, who is a psychologist. And, you know, he uses the concept of Kaizen on baby steps. You know, if you want to do 100 push-ups, you got to do one push-up day one, two push-ups day two. You know, these are just small things of change. Um, And I'm also, like I said, being a fan of uh, personal development for years it's funny I was a huge Tony Robbins fan in the 90s and I found my book a few years ago and in that book uh it he had and I even highlighted it and it talked about the ultimate success formula and the ultimate success formula is know what you want do it see how you're doing and then adjust I'm like oh my goodness that is the Toyota plan, do, check, act model. And I've now kind of changed it. They wanted to make it fun. I think so many people 
plan to check act is called a scientific method, but sometimes people take it too scientific and you forget that improvement is fine. And so I'm kind of rebranding as plan to kick ass because I want people to love and enjoy the process and the transformation that they get for themselves. So I think I just have a little bit of a rebrand and then really tying it to that development part. I love how in your story, your rebirth came about in determining what sounds to me like your values, freedom, passion, mm -hmm. connection are also values, right? When we think about, well, why do we want to do things? Mm -hmm. How is really our expression through our values and the what is, you know, the hats that we'll wear. So, you know, I, I'll be an entrepreneur, I'll be a dad, I'll be a volunteer, I'll be a, I'll be a, whatever those kinds of things are. And we can switch out those hats as much as we want. It's kind of very similar in principles over processes, right? Processes can shift, the principles stay yep. the same. And mm -hmm. that's maybe one of these critical pieces towards innovation is the foundation has to be solid. And that allows for us to kind of do whatever for whatever outcome and remain flexible throughout that process. How have you found that when you're like coaching people towards that end? Lots of resi resistance, a little bit of resistance? Um, what's funny about this is the resistance that happens, one of the things I coach a lot, is raise your hand if you hate change or know someone who says they hate change. Everyone raises their hand. <laughs> no, okay? Right. Can you imagine <laughs> that? But then I ask, raise your hand if you know someone or you yourself hate improvement. No one ever raises their hand. I go, well, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. The difference is, is you actually know by using Plan Do Kick-Ass that when I do this, this is where we are, and here's where we want to go. And if people say where we want to go is an improvement before you do it, if they know what you're trying to do, then they go, oh, my goodness. You get some resistance on whether or not that's an improvement or not, but then you get to really discuss and truly understand um, what do we need. Like one of the things I coach with this is uh, we need to honor fears. So before you change, you need to say, what scares the crap out of you about this? Mm -hmm. Because it's possible that's a valid concern that your majestic project plan didn't put into place. And so by getting those fears up front, then you go, all right, let's address this. And then if we address this and we want to go here, how do you feel about that? And then you also don't just do things and move on to the next project. You measure and you show if you've actually improved. And so there's less resistance when you are purposeful and you've communicated and you've gotten rid of a lot of those fears earlier on. Um, and I think another thing that came to mind when you were asking, uh, one of the reasons why I haven't really wanted to veer too much from Plan Do Kick Ass is one, it's been around since the 1950s, and it has proven to work over and over again. And by having people adopt a methodology means we're all speaking the same language and we can trust 
that other people are following it too. So that makes it easier. It's when people are trying to do new things or new flavors mm -hmm. or all of these other things, then the trust goes down because it's different and we, we aren't doing what we agreed to on having hypothesis and measuring to see if we were right or wrong. And if we were wrong, we go back or we figure out how to make it better. So I think sticking to what works and and I'll talk a little bit about this about persistence. It's not the method that's the problem, but maybe it's your approach to the method that's problematic. And so you could still adjust that. Hmm. So you mentioned at the start, there was a few things that you wanted to go, we touched on persistence. Um, we'll say the other one for last, but the thing that really stood out to me was respect for people. You've talked about honoring peers. You've talked about uh, respecting people's um, misunderstandings of, you know, the difference between change and improvement, people's um, <clears throat> acceptance of one word or another, or uh, adaptation to a methodology that forms uh, a consistent plan. So how does this respect for people work in the personal development bit? I can see how it works in the business model. Or are we talking about two different models here? And I'm just trying to just picture what right. is your, the services that you're, you're providing? Yeah. Um one of the things that uh, an original Japanese translation for respect for people is holding precious what it means to be human. And what that means in my coaching and working with people and helping people recognize, you know, we can all have a goal and we can have knowledge. I just had a coach friend the other day said, uh, if smokers wanted to quit smoking, a brochure should be enough but it isn't. They don't quit smoking from a brochure. And that is because of these human things that we are dealing with. So helping people recognize what we are prone to do that might be steering us away from where we want to be. Like we are irrational people. And so we could have this perfect process or perfect system in place, but we have to recognize as humans, we are going to mess that process up as much as possible because we've got old habits that are driving us towards the old way. So helping people see what those are and giving interrupts or anchoring or changing the environment to better serve what the people need so you could be successful. Those are some of the, uh, the things. One other piece, um, what Toyota actually has very specific descriptions of what respect for people mean. And I wrote a couple of these down. Number one is, and this was actually new to me. I recently gave a presentation on this and I thought, oh my gosh, I never saw this written in here. And it makes so much sense. It's personal responsibility. Mm. Is saying we own this, my success or failure as a leader, as a team member, or in my own personal development is on me. I got a chance to, like I mentioned, when I went to Japan and there was um, a group of nurses and they were doing what's called a clinical deterioration. It's when a patient starts to go bad really quick, but they could see some signs and intervene quicker. And the nurses were asking the sensei, name was Sensei Yamada, um, said, what do we do if we see signs and we tell the doctor and they don't listen to us? which very easy to say, we did our part, we gave it to them, now what? Mm -hmm. And he said, nurses, you need to work on their communication to be more influential. 
And I love that that says everything is within our power. If we can't convince other people, we need to be more convincing versus I did my part, you know, and, and really owning it. So from the personal development, that's, I think, a huge deal for people to figure that out. Um, and or versus even what we can see happening either individually or, of course, within organizations is pointing out and saying, you need to change. The personal yep. responsibility is identifying the blind spot in our own capacities and filling that gap and being yeah. perhaps persistent in our pursuit to fill those yep. gaps. Yeah. Rather than pointing out what the other four fingers pointing right directly back. Yeah. yeah. We always say you can't delegate lean. That's one mm -hmm. of the challenges with leaders is oftentimes they say, we're going to stick in our conference room and do these other meetings. Hey, Brian, go coach this team to, to do these things. That works so far, but they're going to be then hit up against a system of leaders who aren't connected with what's going on. And they don't, you know, one of the things that uh, I think Toyota says, or I've learned through the years is, you know, frontline improves processes, leaders improve systems. Everyone has to make improvements and so if only half of them are it's never going to be sustainable or work that also translates into personal you know what are your processes what are your systems so that way you can continue to do the growth that you need to and all of those things you own personal responsibility i love this phrase that you said holding precious what it means to be human what do you think it means to be human um what i I think my go-to answer for that is um, recognizing that we are prone to error and fallible and how this means grace for ourselves and others. It also means how do we build things in a way that actually works knowing that's our nature. Um, I did this one improvement project. Um, it was, um, they created baby formulas in the hospital and they used to do two giant batches a day. Um, and we found that they were dumping an 80 gallon fish tank of uh, formula every two weeks because they would overproduce and not see the changes that were made. So they were doing a lot of work only to toss it. So we used then we made it to where they're producing every hour and so we weren't wasting any of it everything was right when they needed it but this is something i didn't anticipate that's been a powerful lesson for me i call the first one sprints versus marathons mm -hmm. you're a runner so you probably get this two batches a day was a sprint i'm gonna be chill work 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 chill work 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 chill when we move to work, 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 they're not working as intently as they were, but the fact that they were always working, we had a person who literally wigged out of that. He's like, I don't have time. I don't have space. Uh, and, and recognizing that human piece in the change management, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that that would happen so I could better prepare them for what that reality would look like to be able to support them. And so even this thing about what it is physically when you change the work. Uh, what does that look like? And once again, is having systems in place to be able to keep that when you get the tension of 
all right, this is a new workout. This is different for me mm-hmm. uh, was a challenge. I, to me, precious, what it means to be human is to recognize that these human needs, how do we anticipate it? And when we can't anticipate it, how quickly can we get in there to support? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I love your, your definition there, that question. And I love how you related it to the, the story of the milk production and the way that they couldn't cope with this change even though you were trying to make it easy for them it actually made it much harder for them so and i'm feeling that draws us close to the the third topic you are you're keen to talk about uh, about mindfulness and i'm interested to know how that operates because we've talked about mindfulness before on the show and it's all been about the individual it's all about the person but i'm, I'm interested to know how that translates into uh, you know the, the organization sure so at toyota um they actually have a principle is actually listed as one of their five um, continuous improvement principles, and that's called Gemba, G-E-M-B-A, Gemba Gambuji. And it means going to the actual place to see the actual work and the actual people. And I recently did some work on mindfulness and recognized that mindfulness really is about presence. And I went, oh my goodness, Gemba is about presence. So whenever I'm working with executives, and they're like, we need to get to this strategy, but our team's holding us back. And you say, well, have you seen what's holding you back? And it really is getting out of the conference rooms and seeing what's actually happening because what's happening today is what's preventing all businesses from achieving where they want to go. Um, you know, like we do this thing all the time. If I say, tell me what your process is. No, I'll say, show me, show me your document for your process. And you say, well, I do A, B, and C. And I go, well, tell me what your process is. You'll say, well, we do A, but then we do B, and sometimes it's going to go to C, but then we have a decision point where we do D, and then it goes to E. And then I go and watch the process. When I watch the process, you're going to see I do A. We don't know where B is at. It's supposed to be there. But we go to C, and then it goes to D, and now we got a Y. I don't know where that comes from. Like <laughs> you realize, it's a mess in the reality, and everyone is doing their best with what they have, and there's, and oftentimes they don't always have the empowerment or skills or time to actually improve their processes, so that way they can really be more effective and create predictable, reliable results. So, and uh, the thing that keeps people in, one, they get used to being in conference rooms and pontificating. Mm-hmm. One of the ways to win every argument when people say, we should do this, we should do this, we should do that. You go, well, here's what I saw yesterday. And people go, oh yeah, that's hard to, you know. And, and not only that Gemba mm-hmm. is your processes, but mm-hmm. Gemba is your customer. Mm-hmm. What are your customers experience? Toyota went around and, and uh, and went with Americans going to over, and they never realized people would need cup holders until they drove with Americans because Americans go for long drives and they like to drink stuff. They don't drive a lot in Japan, so that wasn't one of their designs. So Gemba is really getting that experience. So this is where some of that human-centered design stuff uh, comes together. I tie this to personal development because um, our stories and our minds are our Gemba, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? All of our success or failures are a result of our thinking and processes so far. We need to know what those are 
to be able to now say, well, how do I need to be different? How do I need to think different? How do I need to show up different to be able to get these new results? Um, and that's a challenge, but you start to get tremendous breakthrough and transformation once you're able to do that. And that probably ties into all of your work in EQ. Well, I was all, what I was thinking about was like, that's totally reality testing is the capacity to see things as they really are, which means you got to use your eyes, which means you got to put yourself in front of what's actually happening in order to see what's really going on. And reality testing is a supporting EQ skill to problem solving. So if we want to yep. be creative in how we figure it out, we got to see what's actually going on. It's a really beautiful fit. And then you think, well, mm -hmm. why do people not, why do people not do that? Well, supporter, a primary supporter to reality testing is emotional self-awareness. Why don't I want to come out of the conference room or my office? Perhaps mm -hmm. I don't want people to know I, I don't really know what goes on. And if I show them that, maybe they're going to think I'm not capable of my job. Who knows, right? But yeah, um, it's I'll add cool. one thing that I've learned of why they don't. There's another piece on, I used to do that job. Mm hmm which uh, I have a friend of mine, I came from the healthcare world, and he was saying, the minute you leave the lab bench to become a leader, you quit being an expert at lab work. You know, because there's a lot of people who are making decisions in conference rooms based off of a reality from five years ago, mm -hmm. when they used to do it, not recognizing that clients are different conditions, I mean, especially in healthcare, healthcare is dramatically different in what's needed and, and supported. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's a bit of over-reliance. And, and that was something I had in my notes, I think. Respect for people, persistence, and gemba, and mindfulness all comes from humility. Mm. One of my favorite quotes, Taichi Ono, who's one of the fathers of the Toyota system, he says, we are only half right, which also means we're half wrong. So that's why we have to go and see. That's why we have to do plan to kick ass and experiment to see if we're right or wrong because we need multiple perspectives to put together what the truth might actually be mm -hmm. yeah. nice. okay so i'm sure coming towards the end of the time here but there's a few that i've made lots of notes here i'm gonna <laughs> not sure what to highlight that you know you talked to us about your your guiding principles, your freedom, your passion, your connection. You, you talked to us about Gemba and, and how it controls our thinking process and our behaviors. So maybe that's something you wanted to, to, to leave with. But really the thing that keeps coming up is your um, your adaptation on the plan, do, check, act, plan, do, kick, ass. So for people who are watching this, who've, who've really enjoyed what you've shared with us, how would you, what would you advise them to do, to think, to start being so that they can plan, do, kick ass yeah i i thought of three things that are all related Perfect. one write down a piece of good advice you've read or heard that you haven't taken action on hmm. two write down something you've been telling yourself that you haven't been taking action on three come up with two tiny steps that you could do to start taking action on both of those because really, we know what we want or should do, but very little do we ever listen to our own advice. And two, we hear good things, but we never actually always act on them. And so to live a plan to kick ass life 
is start to change your habits and use the things that already are stirring your heart from external and internal, and you'll start to really see this start to come into fruition. Awesome. I love that. I love that. I love the, uh, I love that you just like, you know, I'm very, very much in line with this whole model plan, do check act. I wrote down, it's not always the goal. That's the problem. It's the plan. And you go through all this different methodology, methodology, always important to check. And Annie was thought, screw that. Let's just say plan do kick ass. Let's just go for it. Forget the checking. Yeah. Too many people get yeah. bogged down in planning and then they get caught up in the checking. Let's just start doing it. <laughs> Don't wait, participate. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how can people connect with you, um, Brian? How can we find out more of this great stuff? Sure. Um, BrianBuck.org, B-R-I-A-N-B-U-C-K.org would uh, go there. And LinkedIn, I'm really active in LinkedIn. Um, so that would be another great place to reach out to me. Perfect. So Follow my work. I know that the, you know, we have certain restrictions right now, but is there anything that you're kind of working on at the moment? Any new projects, anything you'd like to share with us that um, our listeners will be interested in? Yeah, I've been working on a mastermind program for great leaders to become elite leaders, working on making that. It was going to be in person. Uh, so now I'm now adjusting it to be in um, virtual. And so right now I'm figuring out um, how long, because I've been in enough Zoom call, like you could do a lot of things virtual, but you get a little zoomed out sometimes. So I'm kind of rethinking about what does that look like? Maybe it's a couple of workshops. So that way you could start to get results quickly and then begin to build on them. Cause I kind of had everything all at once like a boot camp, but now because it's in a virtual world. So that should be coming within the next few weeks. I don't know when this will be posted. So maybe it might be ready by then. So check out brianbuck.org and you'll see. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, that sounds like a really worthwhile um, adventure. And I think it's definitely something that's going to be needed as soon as we are allowed. And uh, I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but I'm, I'm always hopeful that we'll be back out into the real world by, <laughs> by whatever time yes. that is. Thank Good. you for sharing that. So, um, okay. So appreciate all that you've shared with us here. Uh, now we come to the fun bit, our rapid fire Q and A, 10 statements, okay. two choices, interpret them as suits fit. Um, are you ready, Brian? I think so. I know you're looking forward to this bit, so. Um, yeah, I know. We shall see. Okay, number one, manager or leader? Leader, 100%. Number two, active or reactive? Active. Uh, number three, black and white or gray? Black and white. Both have to exist. I mean, one of the things that I love about human biology is every atom has positive and negatives. They both have to exist for energy. And gray is muddling, and we need to hold the tension between the good and the problems to always be successful. Love it. Thank you. Um, number four, optimist or realist? Optimist, because you can make it realistic if you're optimistic. Nice. Uh, number five, Canada or England? Uh, England. My wife's uh, big goal in life is to uh, go to England someday. What a goal! Yeah, to call and first crush. One of the best things yeah. I've heard on this show ever. Uh, number six: <laughs> heart or head. And number seven. Oh, sorry, we didn't hear that one. Heart or head. Thank you. Uh, number seven: empathy or assertiveness. 
I wanting to say both is assertive empathy, but if I have to pick one, I'm going to say empathy. You got to start with that always. Love it. Uh, number eight, introvert or extrovert? Extrovert for me personally. Uh, number nine, logical or emotional? Logical. And uh, number 10, this will be good, innovation or process? Ah, innovation. Ah. <laughs> yeah, because one of the things I love about innovation is the process is just the best way we know right now, but that doesn't mean it should always be that way. Another Ono quote that I teach all the time is, uh, your, if your process is the same the next month, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. You should always be improving and innovating it. So... Uh, just like our bodies, our bodies are cells that are always moving. So should our processes. So that's why I'm always about innovation. I totally know I'm better after this conversation than I was before it. <laughs> Yay! Me so too. Good. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate that. You really shared some great insights there. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, whether it's in Humans First or on a Zoom call or on a show like this. So thank you very much for sharing your wisdom and. Uh, Best of luck with the new mastermind thing. It sounds like a really uh, exciting project. And I love that you mm -hmm. would take lead on an elite level. Really, really important, especially now. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. The best way for us to find out if we are giving you, our listener, the value of your time by helping you think differently so you can do differently is if you write a review and give a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on.